Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Doug Addison here. Do you need to hear God today? Maybe you need a boost of encouragement. Well, you've tuned into the right broadcast because I specialize both in hearing God and encouragement. This is because the Apostle Paul said, prophecy is for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So I release a lot of prophetic words, well, sometimes too many prophetic words. You know, I've got the daily prophetic, hashtag daily prophetic. I put out weekly blogs and Facebook Live and YouTube videos and also the monthly words, and I put it all together in a book once a year as well. So I'm a, a revelation machine sometimes. But you know, as I'm doing this, I hear people. I interact with so many people, social media, live, and I hear this same theme right now. What is God doing this year? Also, people ask me, what's the plan of the enemy right now? Well, you know what? Once you understand God's will, you really don't need to know the plan of the enemy because God outdoes the enemy every single time. So I want to talk about some of these things in this episode, and I want to help you get through some things that might be holding you back from your greater calling, your greater destiny, and also how to align you right now for the season that we're in. I want to help bring you into a perfect alignment so you could step into this new season with less effort. Entering into God's rest is what I call it. Lord, we pray right now, open up the heavens so that we can hear your voice. I pray for that burst and boost of encouragement that those need who are discouraged or going through a lot. We pray too, Lord, that you would open up the heavens to hear your voice at a greater level. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, you know what? I used to be afraid of the supernatural. I was afraid of seeing evil things, demons, and I was also equally afraid of seeing angels for some strange reason. Maybe it was the frightening things that happened to me when I was young. Maybe uh, I watched a lot of uh, weird TV, but I also had nightmares and things like that. So some of it was a legitimate fear. But you know what? I found that many people have shut themselves off from the supernatural side of God. And this is a plan of the enemy right now, bringing an attack to cut us off from God, from the supernatural part, angels and wonderful things early in our lives. So like me, maybe you had nightmares when you were growing up and it got you afraid of everything supernatural, good or bad. You kicked the baby out with the bathwater. And, you know, for me, I had to break through this years ago. Now I help people get a breakthrough as well. So I believe that's a plan of the enemy right now. Shut us down early, then you'll grow up being afraid of it. But I want to give you a strategy on how you can break through this. Now, first of all, here's some good news about God. Many people think that God is mad at them or maybe judging the world. That's far from the truth. The Bible says 
God is love. Jesus tells us, Matthew 7, 9, he says, which of you, if a son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, this is revelation right here. You can camp out on that. I believe people need to get that in their spirit. I did. You know, I grew up not knowing that God was a loving God. I thought he was trying to nuke everybody and, you know, and those judgmental stuff. But again, the plan of the enemy is to get you to think that the bad things that are happening in the world is God punishing us. It's not true at all. It's Satan causing the bad things, then blaming it on God. So it's important to get this in your spirit right now. This is what I talk about aligning for the new season. God loves you. He has good intentions for you. God is a giver of good gifts. God is not angry at you or trying to kill you. You'd be surprised how many people have that in the back of their mind and not even realize it. Well, let's talk a little bit about some things of the supernatural. Let's start with angels and demons. You know, I was saying that I was afraid of the presence of seeing an angel, and I was afraid of seeing demons for a long time, and I've become aware of the presence of angels. Now, I used to be focused so much on demons, that's all I saw. But something shifted in my life, and at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to give you some steps and a prayer that I'm going to pray over you that I believe is going to shift you into seeing and sensing angels. You know, when I first started seeing them and I was speaking at churches and things like that, you know, I'd start talking about the angels in a church and a great deal of a belief about angels would rise up. I, I tell you, nearly 100% of the room would believe me if I told them there was a demon in the room. But when I start talking about angels, they all start getting freaked out. They think I'm new age. They think I'm weird or whacked out. Folks, it's a bad day in the church when demons are more popular and more accepted than angels. That's because we need a shift in our focus. Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? That's you. Angels were so common in the Bible. You know, angels showed up at the birth of Jesus to announce him. And there was also two angels in the tomb during the death of Jesus when he had resurrected from the dead. John chapter 20, there was an angel sitting at the foot and the head where he was previously. Angels helped Peter get out of jail in Acts chapter 12. They showed up with messages. It, you know, it was so common at that time, different than now. I want to point this out to you. Notice as you could study this for yourself in Acts 12, there was a prayer meeting going on to get Peter out of jail. Then angels show up, get him out of jail, and he even thought he was seeing a vision and it was really happening. Then he goes over to the house where they're having a prayer meeting, knocks on the door. The girl who answered the door came back, says, Peter's at the door. They said, nonsense. It's his angel. Now, listen, if angels weren't common back then, they would have ran to the door and says, oh, my goodness, it's, it's an angel. You know what I'm saying? This tells us that people in the New Testament time interacted with angels so commonly that it was not a surprise as if it is today, or there was not doubt as if there was today. That's why you don't 
see a lot of teaching on angels in the Bible because it was already accepted. The same with dream interpretation. We kicked some of this out a long time ago and got into unbelief, but we need to get back. Now, when I first started talking about angels, my Christian friends really kind of warned me. I remember this, Colossians 2.18, brother says, don't worship angels. Dude, I'm not worshiping angels. I'm worshiping the Lord, and an angel showed up. I'm just trying to tell you the story. And so there's so many angel encounters. I've had these. Uh, I can't even, I think I've lost count of them, whereas I used to have demon encounters. Now, you can hear God through the Holy Spirit or through an angel. You know, when I start talking about hearing the voice of God, you need to learn to discern the difference between God, yourself, and the devil, right? You ever hear that? I train a lot of people. I have webinars. I go through things. In fact, if you want to read it in my book, it's in my book, God Spoke Now What? Activating Your Prophetic Word. And it's one of my messages, how to learn to discern. So God is moving all the time, and sometimes you can hear through the Holy Spirit, and other times it's through an angel. And this is in the Bible. You can look it up. Acts chapter 8, Philip was told by an angel to go to a certain place. Now, when he goes there, then the Holy Spirit tells him further instructions, that, you know, to go up to the Ethiopian man and led him to Jesus. So it's interesting that this encounter starts out with hearing an angel, then the Holy Spirit. So he was interacting between both. So I train my students in my schools, my online webinars, the Hearing the Voice of God 365, to take this a step further. You know, you can learn. I help people to learn. You can do this. You can know the difference between God, yourself, and an angel, like I just said. But then you want to go deeper? You can learn to discern when it's the Holy Spirit or when it's an angel or a demon. I call this the deep end of ministry. But you know... Sadly, what's cut this off from people is a four-letter word that starts with F. Did I just say that? Fear. Fear is ruling the world, and it's inside the church. You know, there's, there's not just an emotion behind fear. This is a high-level demonic attack, and you'll see it in 1 John 4.18. Perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. Now read that in the New King James Version. I want to invite you, write this down. 1 John 4, 18. This was the key to my healing in my life. This was the key right here when I got this. If you live in chronic fear, it's possible to have tormentors assigned to you. I did. I didn't realize it. I didn't know I was living in chronic fear. I had fear from childhood and things that had happened. And then the enemy can sneak in there. And he can get a hold of you and even get you in a place like I was where I was sick. So one of the biggest fears that I see with Christians today is the fear of being deceived. It's so great, fear, that it shuts down supernatural encounters. It shuts down your ability to hear the Lord. Remember, Jesus couldn't do miracles around unbelief. Well, the spirit of fear can cause us to operate in unbelief. So when unbelief gets a hold of agreement with fear. Where two agree together, it be done. That's a spiritual principle. When unbelief and fear come together, especially over a person, over a region, wow, that's when things get closed off. Now, remember Jesus said, all things are possible for those who believe. Once I understood these principles, 
about the spirit of fear and unbelief, I was able to get a major healing in my life. I had a four-year chronic illness, and I had not realized that my fear had opened a door to tormentors in my life. And once I cast out the spirit of fear, once I got rid of it, I could hear the Lord clearly, and I broke the afflictions off my life. I was healed of Lyme disease. I got healed of an of a acute case of multiple chemical sensitivity. And I started out by casting out the spirit of fear. And that's when I learned about the angels and demons, blessings and curses message that I'm bringing you right now. This is from the trenches. I had to walk through this myself. And I know the Lord does that to me. I'm kind of like uh, a prototype. I go through things, and, and that's how I release my prophetic words. I actually live these things out. So since the biggest fear that I see is I'm training people all over the world to hear the voice of God, one of the biggest fears that I hear is the fear of being deceived. It's so bad, people don't do anything at all. They're afraid of making a mistake or being deceived that they will not do anything at all. Now, that's even worse. So I found the solution. It's in Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Well, if you want to know how to discern good from evil, then you just need to constantly use your gift of discernment. In other words, we need to practice. We need to put on our Holy Spirit training wheels. We need to learn to discern the difference. And this is why I talk about this all the time. Now, let me talk a minute about discerning an angel from a demon. Now, for sure, there are some demons that masquerade as angels of light, as the Bible said. But you know what? If you practice learning to discern God's voice, if you take some steps, you'll be able to know the difference. I tell you, you will. Because the demonic cannot imitate peace. And there's some certain things. And I always just say a quick test right now. Hey, you could cut through years of maturity right now. You can go back to the last time you remember God speaking to you clearly. And I want you to study that and figure out how it came to you. And as you do that, that's kind of like a groundwork for you in the future. Now, if you've never heard God, ask him to speak to you. Or maybe go back to the last time that you know that he answered a prayer. Study how it sounded, how it felt. This is what's going to help you. So here's the next step for you. If you want to take this even further, you've been around my messages long enough. You've heard my teachings and stories about how God changed my understanding about blessings over curses. And this is how I'm able to get the daily prophetic words this is how I'm able to give prophetic words by the month and how I'm able to hear God way, way more clearly than ever before. You know what it is? I stepped away from cursing and I stepped into blessing. The result was astounding. The heavens opened over me, my ministry. You know, I still have to practice and, you know, I do it on a regular basis, especially these days. The heavens are closed over a lot of people, over cities, places. There is a lot of complaining and cursing, and it closes things down. You ever get around a person who has chronic complaining? Usually they're complaining about everything, and everything's going wrong. You know, the traffic jams and everything going wrong for them. Uh, you know what? I used to have that in 2004. I had an angelic encounter, and the Lord told me that if I would step away from complaining and start blessing my life, 
would change. And that's what happened to me. And I want to talk about this a little bit further because I want to go deep here into this area because I'm talking about getting out of the curses and getting into blessings because it's not all automatic. You know, when I say this, it sounds easy. But, you know, when I started dealing with these things, I really did have to get rid of some demonic curses that were going on. And because I came out of extreme darkness, that was back in the occult practices back in the 70s and 80s. And I had to do a lot of cleanup work when I became a Christian. Again, I, I, I always joke to say when I first came to Jesus for the third time in 1988, I had been backsliding over and over and over until I had learned about breaking generational curses of backsliding. And there was something that I was missing. Instead of focusing on the curse of the Lord, which I was doing over and over in my life, I kept focusing on these negative things that was happening to me. And I started focusing more on the blessings. I started asking the Lord to allow me to see angels over demons. Now, it took a little bit of time, but it shifted for me. Now, the Bible talks about generational sin. It can be passed down from generation to generation. Exodus 34, Deuteronomy 5, it is possible for an ancestor of ours to commit a sin and it can separate us from God or open the door to the enemy and make it repeat. Similar to Genesis 26, when Abraham had lied about his wife, and we see his son Isaac doing the same thing. That's just a, a quick general example. The overlooked part of generational sin is that the generational ties are actually blocking the generational blessings. We start looking at the sin and the demons too much, and specializing in that, you know, in, in looking at the curses, that's all you're going to see. And that's the same with the teaching that I do about flipping the spiritual atmosphere. I tell you, you know, it's like buying a new car or buying a certain color car. If you buy a new red Honda Civic, that's all you're going to see, right? It's the same thing. It's called, by science, they call it the reticular activating system. Now, let me share how God spoke to me about the generational curses that changed my life. Now, I had a dream in 2002, and in the dream, I was a rich doctor driving a red Maserati car parked outside of my rich doctor office, but everyone kept calling me the witch doctor and not the rich doctor in the dream. So I went in my office, and there was all these really weird, bloody scalps you know, they were Indian scalps. That's what they were on the wall. And when I left my office outside, a man came up to me and started pulling my teeth and I was bleeding all over the place. And he looked like a Native American. So as I was waking up from this dream, I mean, this was startling. I had an open vision over my bed of a woman dead lying in a morgue. And I'm like, whoa, now that's a heavy dream. And I had no idea until I did some internet research that it was actually an ancestor who was a Cherokee Indian. I had heard my mom say that we had Cherokee blood. I just knew one name, Abigail. We just knew that there was someone by the name of Abigail in our heritage. And I had no idea. But as I started doing research, I went out and Googled it in 2002 and up pops my mom's family tree that was done by someone I didn't even realize had done. In fact, there was so many deaths in my mom's side of the family, there was, there was no heritage, but there was something preserved. Okay, once I did the research, 
I realized I had on my mom's side of the family, which was Cherokee, there was an ancestor of mine. I don't know how many grandfathers ago, but it was a few who was, they called him the witch doctor. He bled people and he pulled teeth for a living. Now, wow, that was the guy in my dream. I did further research and found out that my grandmother in that same line, she was not Cherokee, but she had married into it, had died mysteriously. She was murdered in the 1940s and actually died in the morgue. Now, these two curses were revealed to me in a dream. First of all, I had a colleague to be a rich doctor. You know, that's that's not literal. But there had been a poverty spirit over my life and family. And I knew that the root of it was somewhere in this dream. And so there was also a spirit of death. It hit my family. My goodness. We had Huntington's disease. Nearly wiped out my entire family through my grandmother, who was the one laying dead in the morgue. It was that side of the family. So that dream showed me there was a spirit of death. So after doing some research, you know, and I went even further back to the witch doctor guy who bled people and pulled teeth. His father was a wealthy Christian Cherokee landowner in North Carolina. Just before the Trail of Tears, they took his land away. And his son, the witch doctor, got bitter and poverty hit. So you see this pattern here. There was amazing blessings over the curses up above high up in the tree there there was some amazing blessings i know this sounds like a movie but it's true but i remember that day in 2002 my wife linda and i prayed a simple prayer to break the generational curses of poverty witchcraft murder and death and we prayed to break those and then bring in the blessings now The Holy Spirit spoke to me immediately. This was a Saturday afternoon and said, you want, you need to go up to the store right now and buy thank you cards for what's about to happen to you. So we drove to the store and we bought the thank you cards. We also bought a cordless drill because I was going to put together a desk to write my first book back in 2002. The cordless drill rang up for under $3 and the lady said, oh my goodness, it's our mistake you could actually keep it for that price. So then we go over to the office supply store to buy a desk, and it was like over $100, remember? And it rang up for $39. And I tell you the truth, all this happened within two hours of breaking the generational curses and pulling forward the generational blessings. I can't say that suddenly a lump sum came in, you know, we got the payment, but things shifted after that. In fact, I remember at one point, Our brakes didn't wear out on our car. We had bought this Honda CRV, and we had driven. I tell you, we'd been part of six cross-country moves, three church plants, and this car was going, and and probably would have still been going, but finally wore out. But the brakes wouldn't wear out. Everything shifted over, over our lives. It wasn't like a big lump sum came in, but I tell you, something shifted that day. And now the spirit of death has been broken. I have the diagnosis of Huntington's disease. I'm 59 years old, but it has not hit my family. They put me in a study because it's not, it has not happened. It's not normal. And also the spirit of death was broken over my family. My daughter and our grandkids are absolutely free from Huntington's disease. It'll never show up. The spirit of poverty was broken over my life with that simple prayer that day. I'm just saying 
This is powerful. This is a missing piece to deliverance. Yeah, we want to you know get delivered out of the, the generational curses and ties, but we got to remember to bring forward the angels and the blessings. Angels are greater than demons. Blessings are greater than curses. Last I checked. So now I help people discover their calling based on some of these things. I call it the attacks of the past. That's how I knew my calling in Jeremiah eleven eighteen. Then the Lord told me about the plots and plans that the enemy was making against me. So the Lord can give you a heads up. Satan often attacks us in the area of our future strength or our calling or the generational destiny that we have. And there's been assignments. So you can get clues about your destiny by noticing where the enemy hits you often. Once you recognize this repeated attacks, then you can redeem it for the good. My attacks. Here was my clues. Okay, here I am. I'm a prophet now, but I wasn't born that way. Believe me, I was born prophetic, but I I had to move into the office of a prophet and I had to get rid of a lot of these curses, I tell you. And here was some of my repeated attacks as I sat down to look at this. My repeated attacks were in the area of people not believing me, especially as a kid. Also, I started noticing the attacks in my body, even from childhood. I had a poor sense of smell. I had bad eyesight, and until I got LASIK surgery, of course, and I have had a very difficult time hearing all my life. But now, I'm a prophetic seer, and I move in spiritual seeing, hearing, sensing. My discernment level is super high, but the attack on my body was trying to show that. Just giving you a clue, like... My seven-year-old grandson is walking. He doesn't know it yet, but I can see my gift on him as a seer. And what happened to him? I think he must have been two to three years old. He had to have eye surgery. And I said, well, look at that. That same attack. I began to pray for him. I said, that's the same attack I had. So I also had some generational attacks. So go back and look at some of these in your life. In my life, in the generational curses, I saw these things. Sexual sin. Divorce affairs. But you know what? If that's where the enemy is attacking, because he attacks in the area of your calling, then you have a call to have a solid family, a marriage, and help others. You have a call to holiness and purity. So the redemptive gift is intimacy, being a father or a mother to many, being pastoral calling. That's what's in that if you want to get in there and redeem it. I also had a generational curse that I saw this over and over. If I look back in my family line of alcoholism and drug abuse, that's the counterfeit of the true high. God is called the most high. I don't know if you realize that. The word pharmakia is the Greek word for witchcraft. So drug abuse can actually be blocking you from moving in the Holy Spirit gifts, which is the opposite of witchcraft. So the redemptive gift of drug abuse can be heavenly encounters, intimacy with the Lord. The other thing I saw in my family was occult and new age. That's the counterfeit of the true prophetic gifts moving in the spirit. So the redeemed gift of prophecy, being able to be a prophet or hear God for others is in your line. If you see that, you can redeem those things. Doesn't mean you're going to become a prophet, but you could hear God more clearly. Here was the fourth thing, poverty debt, bankruptcy, and financial ruin. It was all throughout my family line. 
The redeemed gift of the kingdom blessings is in here. What we need to become is we need to be the the lender and not the borrower. And we need to have freedom to do what God calls us to do when he calls us to do it. That's what I do. We need to redeem this gift. It's called the Joseph anointing, Genesis chapter 41. You'll see Joseph releasing the prophetic words and shifting finances and world leaders changing. All that because poverty, debt, bankruptcy, and financial ruin could be in your family line. So I had to battle through these things, these generational sins and curses. I'm not saying it's easy, but I can show you some shortcuts. I've learned these shortcuts, and I release them to people all the time. That's that's how I do this. When I learned to write a book, I wrote a, a book and a course on how to write a book because I want to help people not have to go through the suffering. And I'm doing this right now to release this, to help you bring these curses from the callings of your ancestors and bring in the blessings of the kingdom of God. Now, here was some of my ancestors. As I went back, I remember doing some research, Ancestry.com. You know, I did my family tree and stuff, and I started noticing we had wealthy landowners because, hey, you know what? Previously, I thought we were all in poverty. My father had been a coal miner from Virginia. My mother was in from West Virginia. Nothing wrong with those areas. But there was a, a spirit of poverty. We saw bankruptcy and poverty, and uh, it was just terrible. So I didn't think that there was something greater till I did my family tree. I started going back. I saw that, wow, we were actually wealthy landowners that had turned to poverty because of generational curses. In my Cherokee line, I did this research and found out I'm a descendant of the Cherokee chief Atakula Kula. He was an influential Cherokee leader, and he was the tribe's first beloved man. That's now an award given. And this was right around the 1760 to 75, somewhere in there. This was one of my grandfathers, and this was a blessing. He was the one who went over to England and tried to strike up a peace treaty. Uh, that was a bad thing to do, uh, you know, when he came back home with the frontiersmen. You know, that's why he got killed. But he was a man of peace. Then his son, Chief Dragging Canoe, this is true, you can, you can Google this, was a man of war. So he cut off and brought death and violence into the generational line, which should have been peace. Wow. And you know who Abigail was? Abigail was Chief Dragging Canoe's daughter. And she was the one who was a direct line from me. And I, I said that we only knew Abigail. I Googled it one day and up came all this stuff on Wikipedia. I'm like, dude, I had no idea. So I had to go back then, break the spirit of death and violence and call forward that spirit of peace into my generational line. So right now, God is assigning angels to us. This is, this is so cool. I can't tell you how many times I've been around angels uh, they've been around saving my life. Sometimes they're there in a spiritual form, a light. Other times they show up as people. It, it's amazing. I've had so many stories about this. I've had many encounters where God has saved me so many times. And this is a season in which God wants to bring angels back into popularity so that when we say, hey, look, there's an angel over there, people are not going to believe us, right? Then they would believe it was a demon. Oh, no. This is the time God wants to make angels and blessings to be more normal than demons and curses. This is my message. This is my training that I bring. 
And it all takes just shifting our focus. I used to see and hear demons all the time over angels, and I began asking the Lord to open my eyes. If you want to shift, I'm going to give you some verses. You can begin to pray or decree these verses. First one, 2 Kings 6, 17. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked around and saw the hills were full of horses, chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, Elisha prayed that his servant next to him would see the angels on the hill next to him each day. You want to have your eyes open? Write this verse down and begin to decree and pray this verse over you. I'm going to pray it here in a second. Ephesians 1.18 is another one in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope for which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You can throw in verse 17 if you want, that God would open your eyes and he would also give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding that you may know him better. That's my life verse that I pray all the time. So we can shift the spiritual atmosphere. Galatians 6, 7 tells us what you sow is what you reap. So it really is quite simple. All you have to do is stop sowing negative things and start doing positive things. That's what the Lord told me back in 2004. Things like this. It's better to give than to receive, right? That it doesn't have to be just money. It could be attention, time, help, you know, affection, whatever. Stop complaining and grumbling. Bless and don't curse. Love and not judge. These are the things that are going to clear up the spiritual atmosphere over you. And these are the things that changed my life more than anything ever. And anyone interviews me and they ask me how or, you know, what's the verses or what really changed my life, it was this revelation right here. Ask God to reveal your calling and your destiny. Here's some steps. Do some research and make a list of repeated attacks in your own life or the generational lines. Look for repeated attacks, you know, Maybe your past ancestors that you need to ask some people about or do some internet research. And don't be discouraged if it's negative. Mine was negative. That just shows that why would the enemy be working overtime on you or your family if you weren't a threat? Ask God to redeem the opposite of those attacks. Get someone to pray with you. I recommend that is come into agreement with others in prayer. Praying alone, read Ecclesiastes 4.12. One can be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. That's what you want to do is get out of the one that can be overpowered, and you want to get into a place of agreement with other people. So right now I want to activate this over you. Lord, I pray that prayer that Elisha prayed. I pray that you would open the eyes of each person that we could see the angels around us, that we could see what you're doing. Jesus said you must have eyes to see and ears that hear. I ask now, Lord, that you would open the ears of people, the eyes of people, the spiritual senses to develop the ability to know you better, to hear your voice, to learn to discern in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can go to my website, DougAddison.com. I'm doing a new training called Angels and Demons, Releasing Blessings and Breaking Curses. And this is going to be on October 20th, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You can go dougaddison.com forward slash angels. And there is a charge for this one. We do 
charge for some of them. Most of my stuff is free, really. But we do have some courses that we charge for. But you know what? I'm going to be addressing and going way deeper than what I just brought, a new paradigm, a new shift that we need for spiritual warfare to take things to the next level, a new paradigm or wineskin to break generational curses, similar to what I'm talking about right now, but we'll go deeper. While you're at my website, DougAddison.com forward slash four keys. It's a free ebook I want you to read. You can download it and read it because it's got the things that I'm talking about here. And I'm excited about it. Also, I just want to address something. People say this all the time because of what I do right now. There's some people who have said that I release prophetic words to sell my courses. And, you know, it's far from the truth because I release prophetic words way before I develop this course. In fact, right now, I got some prophetic words that were in a season of dreams and, and angels and things like that. I got the prophetic word ahead of time. I want you to understand something. I haven't even written this training yet. So what I do is then I release a training, my blogs that are free, my podcast like I'm doing right now. This is free. My daily prophetic is free. I release the training and I start focusing all my free resources to help you get it into your spirit and activate it. And then I do one for a, a charge. Very similar if as a pastor, what I would do is if the Lord spoke to me something and I do a sermon series and we might have a book or something on it. It's very similar. It's just what I'm doing right now is a strategy the Lord gave me. And some people have been judging me on the internet. I just want to clear this up. You know, I'm not about money at all. I'm about expanding the kingdom. And I tell you the trainings that I do, they're $37. You get the notes and you get the two hour replay and any other resources that I might have. That is cheaper than going to Starbucks. That's cheaper than coffee or Dunkin' Donuts. I'm saying it's cheaper than Tim Hortons. I'm just saying we try to make it affordable so that people can get this in their spirit. So go to my website, DougAddison.com. I'm really excited what God's doing in your life. Hope to see you there. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.